Should I just get this show on the road? This is Nigel Shorts, and you're listening to the Full English Breakfast. It's episode number 49 of the Full English Breakfast. I'm Macaulay Peterson. On the show today with International Master Lawrence Trent and Grandmaster Simon Williams, a bit of a potpourri, we touch on chess boxing, agreed draws, Grandmasters under 15, the importance of sleep, and of course, Magnus Carlsen getting a little testy with Maurice Ashley at the Grand Chess Tour. Hello. Morning. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. How's it going? All right. Yeah. Roll tape. We haven't talked to each other in a long time. Yeah, that's true, actually. How is everybody? What's um, what's going on, Si? You know, Matt, who runs chess yeah, boxing, sure. he came down to Godaming yesterday, okay. crashed over, and I, I think I might have drunkenly agreed to have a fight in March next year. Yes. So, uh, Are you serious? I well, I, I sort of woke up this morning and I sort of said to him, oh, hang on a minute. Uh, that might have been a bit of alcohol talking. This but... chess boxing thing is really going to happen? Well, it, it might do. I don't know. I mean, I need I need at least uh, six months of serious training. Um, yeah, so I don't know. He's trying to convince me to fight, so I don't know. We'll see. All right. Well, if you do, we're going to do a big production. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> don't worry. I'm going to be commentating oh, on it. Oh, my God. I've just got target bullseye written in my head, though, haven't I? You know, it'd be so embarrassing if I get... You've got a huge weight advantage on it. Well, actually, it was quite funny. We went we went down the pub yesterday, and uh, I think you know, I had a fair few points, about six points. Then we decided to go up to my local rec and have a little, uh, <laughs> a little, a little pad session. Did you? <laughs> so, uh, I, I, yeah, we did, and I realised how bad I, I'm not. I'm not in good shape, but um, well, especially after six pints. After, exactly. I know it was quite. It was a great way to sober up. I tell you that. You know, you sort of feel totally normal afterwards, <laughs> but maybe not the best time to, to to do that. So you're a little sore today, is what you're saying? I feel I feel okay. Don't, I don't feel bad at all, actually. I don't know. It's just one of those weird ideas that will force you to do some exercise, won't it? So it's not bad for that reason because you don't want to skimp it certainly when, when you're gonna be embarrassing yourself well i forced myself to do some exercise yesterday and today i'm incredibly sore i uh i played tennis for an hour right for the first time in several years i think actually it's possible the last time i played tennis like with an opponent over a net was against Hikaru Nakamura at the US Championship in 2013 no. which is kind of funny because i think the time before that that i played tennis with an opponent over a net was against Magnus Carlsen when he was, you know, still oh, wow. uh, quite a bit younger, like 2010 area. So, you know, when I could still keep up with him. But um, no, uh, now uh, it would be, of course, a hopeless cause against both of those guys. Um, but I managed to find a uh, an English expat uh, who's uh, living here in Hamburg now who was a little more my speed. Okay, sounds good. Good way to keep fit. Beautiful. Well, I'll tell you what, if you do the boxing, do you know what? I, it's, it's actually something I've... You know, I don't like the idea of getting hit in the head or nose. No, but, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a bit off-putting, but yeah, but, okay. Um, yeah. But I, I would kind of, like, if I really got into shape, like, I've always been really interested. I've done, like, one or two boxing classes, right, but really, really basic stuff. But I would really, sure. re I love boxing. I yeah. watch boxing all the time. I watch boxing with the missus. It's great, same here. So, I mean, it's a great it's a great sport, yeah. I, I think. And it's just, yeah. I mean, it's 
also probably the training sessions. I mean, I was oh. going to the boxing club that was run by the ex-army, and right. uh, the training sessions are just oh my god, they're just they, yeah. it's the most intense yeah. exercise you could ever oh, imagine. Yeah. But I'm going to try and train it, and then I'll just see see how it goes. I think. But well, if you do it, mate, I will be there ringside commentating happily. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. It's good, mate. It's good. <laughs> Imagine it's if I get good. knocked out in the first. If you, you get know. knocked out, you get knocked out. It won't yeah, be the first true. time, yeah. won't be the last, probably, right? Well, so, I mean, well hopefully the last. Well, but, hopefully you know, the last. <laughs> I've, I've, I've grown up a little bit since my misspent youth in uh, in Brixton. <laughs> so uh, We've heard the stories. I know. But, yeah. I mean, I, also, quite interestingly, Matt was telling me that David Norwood's getting involved. He's Is he? A, he's put a chunk of money in for a percentage in in uh, chess boxing they're trying Fantastic. to they're trying to you know it's one of those things i really think because it's so weird it can really hit on some you know reality tv thing i was saying imagine if you took six people from scratch and you filmed them going through the paces you know literally yeah. filmed them from not having any experience to fighting yeah so chess boxing tv yeah maybe maybe a reality reality series like you know like big brother but uh, chess brother boxing, I don't know. You know, I think it'd be cool. Could work. Could work actually. It's weird, isn't it? That's what that's what people want on TV nowadays. Weird stuff. Yeah. Well. Who knows? All right. Well, we've got a few things to get to on the program, but first up, some listener feedback. Our question about grandmasters under fifteen, but under twenty seven hundred. Yeah. Christopher Gressley on our Facebook page says that uh, the list of Players who have passed 2,700 but got the GM title before 15 years of age include, well, these are all recognizable names, but Anish Giri, Wesley So, Fabiano Caruana, Maxime Vachier-Lagrave, Magnus Carlsen, Yu Yangji, Bu Zhangji, Wei Yi, Richard Rapport, Sergei Karyakin, Timur Rajabov, Ruslan Panamaryov, and Etienne Bakro and Peter Leko. So that's, I guess, the complete list uh, going back a ways. Mm, that's a big list. Some names, some big names there. Yeah, but the guys who got the GM title before 15 but still haven't passed 2700 as of the June list uh, include Ho Yifan, Yuri Kuzubov, Ukrainian. Uh, Ray Robson from the States, Jeffrey Zhang, also world junior champion, Parmarian Negi, who is now basically retired and uh, working in California after graduating from Stanford. What, do, what does Negi do, by the way? Because he does a great article in New in Chess. What, what's his actual job? Yeah, no, no. He's still he's still writing, uh, but he's retired from, from playing. He works for a, a tech firm. I don't remember exactly, but yeah, he's working full time uh, in, in IT. Uh, Daniel Dubov, this one I'm going to struggle with. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody want to take, no. take a stab no. at yeah, okay. Tronson? <laughs> no, don't let, don't right. let me have a go. <laughs> Vietnamese names I have not yet learned. Please uh, help us out. Yeah. Somebody record how to say Nguyen Nguyen. It's Win. It's Win. It's actually, it, win. yeah, when it's N-G-U-Y-E-N, it's Win. That doesn't make any sense to me at all, but okay. I'll go, I'll go with you, Los. Yeah, it's like it's like Nguyen. Nguyen. Okay, okay. Yeah, Nguyen. okay. Win. But people just say win. Darius Svirch from Poland. Yep. Jorge Corey, Ilya Nizhnuk, Sam Sevian, Dian Bogdan Daniel. Yep. And Awander Liang. Yeah. But some of these guys are still pretty young, so uh, not exactly uh, over the hill yet. Or they got time. Mm. They got time. Well, it's quite. Interesting. I was discussing this with um, my girlfriend the other day, and uh, we were saying, what do you think is the peak age? We're looking at some study when chess players get to their absolute, you know, 
their best form. And uh, I think we were, I was reading somewhere that it was 31. That's supposed to be your peak age of when you're your highest ability in chess at mm. the age of 31. And that, that sounds about right, which is a bit depressing for me. Not depressing for me, though. How old are you, Loz? I'm 31. <laughs> you're 31? Yeah. Oh, my God. You're, you're there. I'm there. I'm there. there. I'm there. This I'm right the wonder there. years. <laughs> Mate, it's happening this year. I tell you, it's happening. I've got the GM tournament coming up in Hamburg. Then I've got the British Championships. It's, it's happening. It's Boom. Happening. Here we go. Good stuff. So, well, good luck with that, mate. As long as you Cheers, don't mate. beat me to get your grandmaster title. Uh, even if, you do, if I do, you'll be happy for yeah, me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I will do. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be happy for you as long as you don't take away the title or something. I mean, of course, I'll be happy for you, but I'd rather you beat someone else to get it. Would you, you know. let me put a, let me put a proposal to okay. you? So, does it involve money? Just like you know, let's just say it was the last round. <laughs> yeah. And like for whatever reason, you're two points behind me. British Championships, a win for me gets me my title. And you know, even if you were to win, you'd get some some random fifth place for like four hundred quid or something like that, right? Um, you know, would you you know uh, play your best against me in in that situation? You asking me to throw a game, Loz? No, I'm not sure you guys want to be on tape about this discussion. Are you doing this live on tape? No, I'm not asking you. I asked you the question. It sounded like would you, you play your best against me? That's all I asked. Would I play best? I want to crush your dreams, mate. All right, mate. I want to destroy go. your dreams. That's all I wanted to know. As you should. As you should. As I no, should. Yeah. Is, I mean, I, what I, want. I, I wouldn't. <laughs> this is what I'd expect. I would never. I mean, I don't think I'd ever in any situation like want to lose the game on purpose against even you know my best my best friends in chess. But let's say it was a draw you needed. Um, and there were no anti-draw rules for your title, then I, I would happily yeah. give you a draw. I think draw is another another because thing, you know the, getting yeah. you know if I can see my mate get a grandmaster norm and title, then brilliant, you know. Yeah. Um, but it'd be more interesting, I suppose. Let's say I needed to win yeah. to win the British Championships, yeah. but a draw would give you the GM title. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Scenario. That would be very obviously. Interesting. Is this a, a distinction without a difference, though? I mean, is this just a slippery slope here? You're okay with basically not playing for a win, giving a draw, as you put sure. it, but not okay with giving a loss. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's quite a big distinction there. I mean, I'd throw in a game. I, I don't think there's really any any circumstance where you can legitimately throw a game. Mm -hmm and uh, say that's okay but having a draw with a mate it's like you know if you see husband versus wife play who are similar ratings or brother versus brother nick pert versus rich pert um what's wrong with having a draw i don't see any it's not it doesn't really affect anyone else it helps out the person what's wrong with that i don't see any 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 problem with that whatsoever well you're saying you're not trying to play your best going into the I'll game i'll play my best five moves <laughs> and then, then are off for a draw. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, I mean, look, I, I think, uh, yeah, McCauley does make a valid point as well. I, I have to tell you guys, actually, believe it or not, well, you, you may believe it, um, Fabiano is probably one of the only elite grandmasters who uh, has never had a quick draw before. Can you believe that? He's never, like, you know, I mean, not via forced repetition or something like that where they've basically just shaken hands after five moves and decided they don't want to play today which i found i found quite admirable actually i think it's a great way to play isn't it in general if there's anyone out there you know and this normally younger people lack a bit of confidence i find you know even when i was younger and if you only play for a win and you never have the thought of offering a draw in your mind it can only improve your chest because you know, you have some painful losses, which maybe you could have drawn, but in the long run, it will make you a stronger person, I think. So it's, it's, I think it's a great attitude to have.
I agree. I agree. I think all the youngsters were listening to this. You should not be accepting quick draws uh, ever. There are certain situations where, like, you know, if, if your opponent offers you a draw and you can win the tournament, it's kind of a no-brainer in yeah. certain I situations. Mean, I see a lot of people in the past and, you know, rightly or wrongly, complaining about, you know, big tournaments, like let's say big open tournaments where the two leaders go into the last round if one of them wins, they win the tournament on their own and they have a very quick draw. They let other people catch them up and they split the money. And obviously, that's quite interesting because that's why yeah. they brought in these rules. Like, you're only able to draw on move 30, but then people can cheat by arranging perpetual checks. But the thing is, I mean, at the end of the day, being a chess professional is not paid well whatsoever. Mm. And, you know, if you need to take the money then I can understand why people do have quick draws. What, what, what was also interesting recently is that in Stavanger, that uh, they had a no draw at any point. No agreed draws. No no agreed draws at any point, which I found was was really interesting. And I spoke to Peter Heiner Nielsen about this, actually, when, when I was out there. And he he said he wasn't sure if, if this rule was actually um, useful because there are so many positions where, you know, these guys have to play on for so much longer they can't even find a way to repeat where when it's a dead draw right so like there, there are just certain positions where that happens so i'm not sure how useful having absolutely no but did the players object to that no apparently the players didn't object to it well clearly the players didn't object to it because they all played and they all signed the contracts right so they all knew the situation before the tournament and let's face it in norway there were some some really great games would the games have changed if the normal Sofia rules were already, you know, were, were in place. No draws before move 30 or move 40. It's unclear. Well, actually, this, the Sofia Corsica rules are no draws, no agree draws, period. Oh, okay. the, the shortening it to 30 or 40 moves is actually a way of, of lessening right. the Sofia Corsica okay. rules um, to, to try to meet with the criticism of, you know, players playing endless uh, dry games that they can't agree to a draw. But I actually like that. I mean, if the players are fine with it, I don't see a big issue with having them play out the game. It's better for the spectators. Yeah. And uh, and it's, it's definitely a clearer... Uh, rule because uh, it it just you know if it's really a draw then okay show it you can you can show it it doesn't have to take uh, forever necessarily but uh, at least uh, play it out I think I think you know to be honest if they this rule maybe doesn't affect too many things at the top at the elite level because they're going to play good moves at the end of the game but it'd be really interesting to have this rule put into opens where let's say two twenty three hundred players or, or are playing. And the position, of course, is equal and should be a draw. But if they're forced to play it out, I bet you there'd be a high percentage of that game, you know, around that rating not ending in a draw. I think that'd be interesting, you know, this kind of rating brand rather than the elite. Yeah, I, th I think it would be interesting at all levels. I mean, I, and I think it would actually help a lot of players who are coming up. I know from my own experience, when I was a scholastic player, it was very tempting to agree draws uh, just out of a lack of confidence. And, uh, you know, in some cases, I feel like if that wasn't an option, if I wasn't allowed to to agree to a draw, I actually would have learned a lot more and probably improved much more quickly because of having to play out uh, these positions of the board. The one thing I would say about that, though, is with open tournaments is that when you have open tournaments that have two games a day, that's already you know, very grueling. And if you force people to right. uh, to play out games that might extend it to six hours that otherwise right. could be over in four, let's say, um, you know, that that's going to change the competitive nature. But, you know, on the other hand, as long as it's uh, fair, if the rule applies to everybody and nobody's uh, getting to take a shortcut, then uh, I still, you know, don't really see a problem with it. I think I think you're right, McCauley. I mean, if I was a coach and coaching juniors, 
probably one of the first things I'd say to them. I'd probably say, look, um, I don't, I don't want to be harsh or anything, but I don't want you to ever, ever offer a draw and only take a draw when you're completely lost. So like you were saying, try to get that thought of the draw out of uh, the minds of the, the players. Cause I think that'd be, that's, I think that's a major step into becoming a braver, uh, a braver fighter basically. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, thanks very much to uh, Christopher Gressley for his list of people who got the GM title before 15 years of age. I also wanted to give a shout out to David Fuller who asked us on Twitter what our thoughts were on the New and Chess article regarding the importance of sleep by Jennifer Valens. Have you guys seen that in the current issue of New and Chess? Definitely a very, very interesting topic, actually. Well, actually, I mean, Mag didn't Magnus say recently, I mean, this was the most, one of the most important things to him at a tournament, that he actually tries to sleep something like 10 hours a night. It's something crazy. And we actually saw in Paris that he didn't partake in one of these uh, events which was arranged where you, you go and see the the kids of, uh, of of France. I mean, I think he had a good reason because he had very bad back pain, but also it could be because he needed a bit more sleep. I don't know. But it's very, yeah, it's a very important thing. What about you? Do you always get good sleep, Laws? I can't imagine you going out late at night at all. Well, I mean, I used to. Uh, I still do from time to time, but not really when I'm playing chess. I find that being tired at the board is by far the worst state you can be in uh, i would prefer to be slightly uh inebriated than uh than tired i have to say i feel like when i'm tired i simply can't crunch through calculations i end up of course being lazy going more with intuition in positions which really require you to knuckle down so being tired is is really the worst thing that can happen to you so i do try and get a good night's sleep yeah it certainly sounds like we're all in the pro sleep camp there's nothing worse than sitting at the board so tired that you're nodding off and you get frustrated at yourself for nodding off but you can't seem to uh, <laughs> to wake yourself up that is indeed bad um it probably knocks you know 50 points off your rating right there if you're really uh, having trouble uh, focusing because of lack of sleep. Yeah. Well, anyway, speaking of uh, awkward situations, at the uh, Paris Grand Chess Tour, we had this uh, interesting interview, Magnus Carlsen and Maurice Ashley. Magnus obviously was uh, getting something off his chest or excising a bit of frustration. And uh, Maurice was a little bit just sort of taken aback by this. I think we need to first just have to listen to some of the audio out of there. Magnus, you seem to have some hiccups earlier today. You didn't have really smooth performances. And this game wasn't that smooth either. It looked a little bit unclear. What was your feeling overall as the, the game was transpiring? Okay, I mean, what do you want me to do? So, I mean, I, I, take, I take the piece and then... I mean, of course, he, he hasn't done anything particularly wrong. Of course, he's not going to be lost. I mean, what do you, what do you want from me? I don't, I don't want anything. I just want to see just chess getting played. Yeah, but I, I mean, you're talking about, I mean, that the game wasn't smooth enough. I am again. What do you What do you want me to do? I mean, yeah, sure. Oh, well. I mean, do you want me to to get a huge advantage from from the opening and then to push it all the way? Is that the only way you can win a smooth game? Is that your point? Oh, not at all, Magnus. But certainly the game was tricky enough. Let me get your thoughts on how you. Yeah, but done I, so I ju far. I'm just feeling that the the whole, you know, the whole, the way you're approaching it is trying to belittle the whole thing. That's my only issue. My apologies, Magnus. We definitely have respect for you as a world champion. So. 
Don't take it any offense to what we're trying to say. We're just trying to do commentary. Maurice there, I thought, handled it very well. But this immediately spawned massive conversation online, including I saw people who were creating Twitter accounts just to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think generally, you know, it's, it's great for chess, stuff like this. I mean, no matter what it is. I mean, if you take, we were talking about tennis earlier, John McEnroe in tennis and his outbursts were, were great for tennis. It mm. shows it shows some personality mm. um, with with you know these top guys it's nice to see some personality behind their great play as well and uh, you know i think it's a bit blown out of proportion isn't it i mean you you've played loads of games of chess you're a bit you're a bit tired you've played some good chess you know morris is sort of egging magnus on to say something magnus replies and uh, it was it was great to watch maurice was obviously a bit taken aback by it he posted on facebook isn't it crazy, this is a quote, isn't it crazy that the simple word like smooth, by which I meant not easy, as a sign of complete respect to Magnus and his opponents, would be taken instead as an actual criticism of the world champion's game? And this thread generated 112 comments to date. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think you've got to, you've got to respect these top players when you're commentating with them and interviewing them, of course. You know, it's... Uh yeah, it's very hard. Some, sometimes you can say the wrong thing or, or it can just be interpreted in the wrong way, which might have been the case here. But uh, I can understand Magnus as well. Like, you know, he, he's he's just played a brilliant game of rapid chess and he won a very nice game. And, you know, rather than being congratulated, which would be the normal way to introduce a sort of after game interview, it seems to him from his point of view that he's actually been attacked in even a very small way, then mm. I think he's going to react, isn't he? You know, someone, he's playing a nice game. Someone says, well, you played, a, you didn't play a very good game. You made mistakes. That's what he's thinking from his perspective. How's he going to react? He's going, what are you talking about? It's a rapid play game. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not blooming Houdini with a computer. I'm going to, you know, not play perfectly. So, you know, what, what are you going on about? Give me some respects. I'm the world champion. I'm Magnus, you know? So I can, I can understand his point of view. A lot of the sympathies seem to be with with Magnus, Serena Shivana's held an impromptu Twitter poll, and uh, the respondents were on Team Magnus more than three to one. How many people voted? Four? 61 votes. Okay, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Respectable. Respectable. So it was just a misunderstanding then? Because, I mean, he wasn't saying that he didn't play a nice game. He was just saying that it wasn't an easy game. It was a tumultuous game. I, I, I don't know. I mean, for the way I interpreted it was that, you know, he was basically saying that Magnus could have played a lot more accurately. Which is true. I mean, it's true, of course, but there was some element. I mean, I've spoken to Maurice. I'm very good terms with Maurice, as as you know. I've worked with Maurice for many tournaments, and we're we're good buddies. Uh, and I messaged him, and I said, you know, uh, because when it first happened, it kind of it actually got landed on the front page of NRK, the Norwegian state television, their website. This it was the first thing you saw on the website. It just went viral very very quickly. Uh, and he laughed about it, and I laughed about it. I mean, I felt like it was just. Uh, I think he worded it poorly. I think he 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 could have he could have done a lot better because the way I kind of interpreted it was that Magnus, you know what, you're just uh, yeah, you're winning games, but you're not doing it, you know, in in the sort of fashion that we expect you to, and you know, you're kind of stumbling across the line. And I think that's the way Magnus interpreted it as well. And whatever way you interpret it, or whatever you feel Magnus reacted, I think it was great for chess. I mean, let's be honest. We need more yeah. of this. We, we need personalities. We yeah, need we need people. We need. We need. We need. You know, we love that. And yeah, as you, 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 you gave the McEnroe uh, 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 comparison 
their side, which I think is a very apt comparison. And there are various others as well in football and various other mainstream sports. So I think it was great. Got the tournament a lot of attention and um, I'm looking forward to more in the future. It just gave me a little chuckle as well. It shows that chess players are not robots. They're actually human beings and they've got emotions and uh, it's good. I think they've, they've kissed and made up now, haven't they? Uh, Maurice and Magnus did bury the hatchet uh, pretty quickly. He followed up on a post about five days later and said that he'd spoken with Magnus and squashed the whole affair, quote unquote, smoothly. <laughs> nice touch. Well, I mean, it's nice that they can, you know, they can laugh about it and it's nice that they can, you know, put it behind them. Because, yeah, it was clear that Maurice didn't mean anything. There was no malicious intent there. You know, it's hard. Imagine It's hard being world champion. You know, you score seven out of nine and the guys are saying you're not playing. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> you know, you're beating all the top players in the world and people still aren't satisfied. It's a tough job. It's a blooming tough job. And just imagine you, you, you're world champion. You know that if you ever, anyone you draw against, you lose rating points. It's just quite a weird yeah, scenario yeah, to yeah, be yeah. in. But it's not easy being world champ. Definitely not. That said, I would prefer to be world champ than, than not. Do you know what I mean? Well, I, I would, guess I most would, people would. Yeah. I would switch roles if they. If Magnus said you can be me for a few weeks, I'll take that. I'll take okay, that. Okay, that's quite interesting. I love that question. Okay, okay. Let, <laughs> let, let's, let's build this one. So let's say. You could jump into Magnus's body. He can jump into yours, but what he does right. with your body is up to him. But you right. can jump into his body, and you've got, I think, a week's enough. So you've got a week in Magnus's body. What do you go and do, Lawrence? What would you do? This sounds like a bonus clip in the making. It's, yeah. This could be. <laughs> yeah, and you've got to be careful what you say here. Body. You wouldn't just look in the mirror, would you, Lawrence? I hope. Well, I hope, I hope not. I mean, <laughs> no, uh, that would be slightly disconcerting. Yeah, I mean, it's still me. Well, we are going to take a few weeks to recover after this uh, session. Conversation, yeah. Certainly. I'm going to have to have a strong look in the mirror, I think, after this and not you know, pretend I'm Magnus when I look in the mirror. Two thirds of us have some serious chess training and playing to uh, be done in July. And uh, that would not be me. But I do have a new job to start. I'm going to be turning into the editor in chief at Chess Base. So we're going to take a little hiatus and be uh, putting out some bonus clips, some segments that didn't quite make it to a show that have accumulated over the years of this podcast but we'll be back in earnest i would expect in august following the british championship yeah yeah cool yeah you should get playing macaulay you know you, you should you know complete the set find a little weekender maybe if you can yeah well maybe i'll come see you uh, play uh, next week in your in your gm tournament yeah it starts actually next uh, so actually there's a blitz tournament on the 8th uh, in the evening and my first game is on the 9th so I'll be I'll be playing the Blitz as well. Um, not FIDE rated, unfortunately, but uh, still, uh, you know, can't turn down a Blitz tournament. And will the main tournament be online? As far as I understand, there will be games retransmitted. I don't know where on what site. Well, good, good luck, sir. Thanks, buddy. Well, if there are, we'll definitely post some links on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the FEB. Only if I'm doing well. And Macaulay, are you going to be doing anything with the British? Or Yeah, we're going to do a live commentary webcast. Great. And uh, but but from Hamburg, so not uh, not direct from the playing venue, but we'll, okay. we'll do some commentary um, like last year. I'm still working out the the lineup, but uh, there's a good chance we might be able to get uh, Stevie G for a couple of rounds. Really, Stevie? So he's not playing actually because he he played in Mallorca, didn't he? A couple of months ago, a month ago, a couple of months ago, and he did really well. 
He's he a did really, good really well. He's, he's a, a he's blooming a, good player. He's a very, very classy act, is our Stevie G. He is, he is indeed. I don't know if I told you so. I actually plan to win the British Championships this year. I don't care how good David Howell is, twenty seven hundred. How good Gawain is playing. I don't. I don't fear any of these punks. Okay, they are just punks to me. And yeah. I'm gonna. Well, I'll twos up on that thought process. Yeah. There's no point yeah. playing a tournament no. and trying to come second, is it? I mean, you've got to go in there and just try to try to win it. And I'm yeah. I'm in the same thing. No, I'm not going to give any respect to anyone. I'm going to crush crush the field. Yeah, I'm going to treat them with utter contempt. All of, I treat them with utter you get, you, hang contempt. Hang on, you're going to treat me with utter contempt? Not you. Okay, good. I mean, the odds of us playing are like close to zero, right? Well, not zero, but you know. We, we, maybe we'll be on like seven out of eight and we have to play for the title in the last round. Ooh. That would be delightful. I mean, just I seven out of eight is just... Seven out of eight would be delightful. Yeah. Wildest dreams, but we'll see. Well, best of luck to you guys. Thanks. You'll have a lot of followers online watching closely and wishing you well. We'll have a lot of material when we come back for the next podcast in August, won't we, Sai? We will do. Certainly. Little rambling dambling. <laughs> little ram little rambling. We're a rambling man. We're a rambling man. No, it's a Steve Martin song. Banjo.